going to uh, enter into our new series called Drawing Near. I think it's an appropriate time. Uh, we're in interesting times, as you agree, I think. You know, we don't know what tomorrow holds, and uh, but we do in God. Amen. So no matter what we see in the newspapers and whatever, look, I don't even listen to that anymore. I, I go to my word because I know how it ends. And I always say this, and uh, you need to be aware of the end because... Uh, it's all good for us guys, okay? We win. We're in there no matter what turmoil we go through. It's kind of like um, we were just talking last night about traveling and uh, Sharon and I had a bad experience on uh, an aircraft one time coming back from Singapore and uh, we hit a storm. And man, was that a scary experience, wasn't it? I mean, you were dropping up and down 15, 20 foot in like a split second, bang, bang. I thought I was riding a, a bucking Bronco, I was holding on the seat like this, holding my food down because I'd just been served breakfast. Meantime, my wife's digging her nails in my arm, says, we're gonna die, we're gonna die. And, and everyone's screaming, food's flying into the aisles, it was crazy. But you know, even though when you hit a storm, you come out the other side. And we're gonna come out the other side good on this, all right? So I just want you to have confidence in that this morning, amen. And Jesus is the pilot, so we know it's all good. Amen. <laughs> so as we started a series on drawing near, you know, I was starting to think about the whole deal of drawing near, why we have to be reminded to draw near. Uh, you know, right from the beginning of the Genesis, we see that everything was good in the garden. You know, God created Adam and Eve, and it was all good. And they walked together in the garden. But then one thing separated them, sin. When sin comes in, it changes a whole lot of things. And uh, I'm trying to, I've got the sun coming in on my screen here and I can't read it too well. Sorry, I'm just, and I've got note form here. So I'm just going to sort of flip back and forwards and hopefully get it all together. But uh, God once walked in the garden and he had always wanted to be together with us. God never pulls away from us. We pull away from him. In fact, every relationship requires you to constantly work at, at it. You know, it says in uh, James 4, Eight, uh, draw near to God and he will draw near to you because God doesn't move his arms are extended to you always and as we draw next closer to him he's actually coming closer to us it's like any relationship if you're not drawing near to someone you're drawing away from them some people go no I just I'm just not moving well if you're not moving nothing's changing and, uh, you know, it's like friendships that you have. You know, the guys that you, you, you know, you might catch up. I, I caught up with my cousin I hadn't seen, like, for four years or something. And, um, and it was like yesterday I hadn't seen him, but we've not had a relationship. We don't talk other than every time I go to England, and that's about it. But that relationship, even though it's good, it's not, it never develops. It doesn't go anywhere because there's this long distance. We don't spend time. And sometimes it's like that with us, with God. You know, we don't spend time with him. And we go, yeah, I'm all good with God, but we're not drawing near. You're actually kind of fading away because time and distance always does that. And this morning I want to encourage you to uh, actually draw near. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 13 says, And you shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. For some of you, God might be, seem so far away, but I'm telling you, he does not move. It's like some people view God through a telescope the wrong way around. You know, you minimize God. We're not called to minimize God. We're called to expand God. So you've got to get your sight right with God. You know, start viewing him like, my, he is my God. And, and nothing can change that. 
So we're not called to reduce him. But this morning I want you to turn to a passage out of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, going right through to 23, if you've got your Bibles with you. And I was going to say it's up on the screen, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> it is. Oh, it is up on the screen. Oh, how's that? Everyone's probably going, Pastor, can you just move out the way? I can't see. <laughs> it's all good. Okay. Hebrews 10, 19 says, Therefore, brothers, <clears throat> since we have confidence to enter the most high... I just realized why I'm not reading this very well. I haven't got my glasses on. <laughs> so you change scenes and it messes you up. Oh, my goodness, that's better. I was blaming the sun. It's all right. <clears throat> Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most highly placed by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilt guilty or evil as some translations will say which is more correct conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he has promised is faithful let's just pray this morning before i start father i just pray this morning god as uh, we assemble together that god will experience your presence in a whole new way as we draw near to you father from your word i pray your instructors and teach us and help us to understand what that means Father, we look to you this morning. God, we pray you'll speak to us, speak through me, God. God, that we have an experience with you. Because we know where two or more are gathered, there you are in the midst of us. We give you all the praise and the glory this morning in Jesus' mighty name. So here it says, Hebrews 10, 19, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence... Confidence is one of the things that we lack sometimes. Confidence to come boldly before the throne of God. We must have that confidence to enter God's throne. And he invites us to do so. You know, some of us, like, we, because of sin in our world, it sometimes, it sometimes makes us shrink back from God because as it was in the garden, they went and hid from God. And some of us will hide when we have sin in our lives. God wants you to deal with that sin today. God wants you to deal with it by repentance and come back to him to draw near to him. In life, you need a level of confidence to achieve things, confidence comes, has to come if you're going to enter his throne. Hebrews 4.16 says, Therefore, let us boldly come to the throne of grace. His boldness. It doesn't say timidly, shy, whatever. It says boldly. You know, because that actually, when you're bold about something, you believe it. Like, you can't, not come, you can't come boldly if you don't believe it. So there's an action in there, an action of faith. So therefore, let us come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and grace, sorry, and find grace to help in a time of need. Now notice that it says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of the need. The devil doesn't want you to be confident or bold because he wants you to miss out and he doesn't want you to know what God, that God meets your needs. You know, when you look back in the Old Testament, uh, it was a different situation for the people then. In the Old Testament times, uh, no one but the high priest was allowed to go into the Holy of Holies, where the presence of God was. And, there were, and he was only allowed to do that once a year. There was this big curtain separating it. Only this certain priest would be allowed to do that. As it says in Hebrews 9, 7, But once a year, in the second, the high priest goes alone, not without blood, but he offered for himself and for the others, the errors of the people. So he would go in to the Holy of Holies and offer 
this, uh, for the sins of the people. But it was only him that was allowed to do this once a year. And um, it, was, it was such a scary place. That, that I don't know if this is true or not, but some conjecture that there is and it wasn't, that they would actually tie a rope around the guy's ankle just in case uh, he, didn't, he died in the presence of God. They could pull him out. <laughs> you know, so like, anyone anyway, got a rope? You want to tie on to me? Uh, that, that'd be all good. So, um, but you know what? God wants everybody to access his presence. And that's why the temple, the curtain temple was torn on that day when Jesus died on the cross. It says in Mark chapter 15, verse 37, and letting a loud voice, uh, sorry, letting out a loud voice, Jesus expired. And the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood across from him saw, he cried out so and expired. He said, truly, this was the son of God. So here you have Jesus dying on the cross when he gave up his last breath, it said the temple curtain that separated the presence of God from man was ripped in half. Not from the bottom up, it was from the top down, proving that it was the hands of God that did that. To, so we could have access to him, that we could enter into his presence. Amazing thing, especially when you know this curtain was something like 18 meters high, they reckon, and probably about four inches thick. You know, that certainly couldn't be ripped in any hurry for sure. But this morning, uh, God has given us access through Jesus that we can draw near. In Christ, we have the access to the throne. We, um, oh, God, my goodness, this is terrible. <laughs> Sorry, I was just going to move this. Excuse me. This pulpit's not big enough for all this stuff. That's good. Okay, so uh, in Christ, we have the access to the throne. You have the right to enter in the presence because of the blood of Jesus because what Jesus did we have now access to the throne room it was nothing that we did and that's what we sometimes acknowledge even in our sins we, we do the reverse we back up from God because we don't think we're good enough but it was never reliant on you it's reliant on him what he did gave us access that we could draw near we could come into his presence but you know quite often it is our past that holds us back we just think, how could God love us? How could God care for me? Because I've done so many bad things. And if you've got an extra hour or so, I could tell you all the things I've done. <laughs> but I'm not going to hold you today. It's a special service, a shorter service. But, but the thing is, don't allow that to happen. That's the enemy that keeps you in that place. The enemy keeps you t telling you that you're not good enough. You're not good enough. And, you know, the fact is, none of us are good enough. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the great news is this morning that Jesus died for us and paid that cost. And we can enter in with confidence, with boldness, because the Word tells us that Jesus did it all. Jesus, when we accept Jesus, you know, we can enter in. He is the access. He is the key to the whole thing. It's kind of like, you know, you can have a credit card and you can go to your ATM I was going to say ATM machine, because every time I say machine, people say, correct me, say that, well, M on the ATM means machine. <laughs> so the machine machine. And you can put your card in, but you know, nothing happens until you put that PIN code in. You need access to your accounts through that PIN code. Jesus is like that key. Without Jesus, you cannot access the throne of God, because he made that way, where there seems to be no way sometimes. And God has many blessings for your life, but they're only activated in Jesus. He is our key indeed. Verse 22 tells us how we should approach the throne. It says, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. First of all, it says, let us. It's an option. 
God will never make you do this. You know, it's not forcing you to come before him. It doesn't say, uh, I'm, I, I will zap you if you don't come before me. <laughs> it says, let us draw near. So there's an option there, and we need to take that option. It's an act of your will. Draw near fully. Um, if you draw near, you're fully persuaded that God will accept you. You see, if you do decide to draw near, it's because you already understand that God has made a way for you. You have full assurance in your heart. Like it says, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith. You're not going to enter the throne room of God if you don't have full assurance of faith, of what he has done for us. You're going to back out. You're going to hide. You're going to like whatever you're going to do. But it says, come forward with a sincere heart. Like, I really mean this, God. You know, it's, some people like to play safe zone. You know, it's like one legging right with God and one in the world. You, you can't play that sort of game. If you've got a sincere heart and assurance of faith, you want to enter in with boldness with one view only. That is, the, your, your eyes are fixed on Jesus. You know, his sacrifice, death, gives us the full authority to expect every blessing we need. You know, some of us don't exercise the authority that God has given us. In his word, he says, you know, I will heal you, I will forgive you, I, I, I will save you. All these things are his guarantee, his word to us. And sometimes we forget those words and we don't pick up on them. But rather, we, when we're in times of trouble, we go hide. We just go mope. Poor old me, I'm going to go eat some worms or something. I don't know. Uh, but rather than being in that position, you need to go, no, God has given me full uh, hope full insurance of that hope. I'm going to come out and speak in faith. I'm going to believe that God is going to change my circumstances right now. You know, you must come before him with a sincere heart, like really believe in it. Don't play games with God. Too many of us play games with God. Well, God, you know, you want me to do that? I'll do that if you do this for me. You know, there's no bargaining like that with God. God says, no, this is it. Let there be, let, you know, in the beginning, it said, let there be light. God, God is the commander, right? He's running the ship. And uh, there's no room for us to try and interfere with that. Some people say, if you give me that car, God, I'll give my life to you. <laughs> uh, not even for a Ferrari, sorry. Uh, if, <laughs> if you give me that job, if you give me that girl, that guy, you know. We do all sorts of dumb things like that. And, and the thing is that people that kind of make those sort of calls don't usually follow through with what they said they would do. They fade away anyway. So don't play go uh, games with God, you know. Just, you know, and also just in case you haven't worked out, God sees and hears all. You can't get away with it anyway. He knows. He knows your heart, if it's sincere or not. He knows if you're telling the truth or not. He knows your motives. He knows everything. Draw near with a sincere heart. That means to be right, inwardly, pure in heart. Oh, well, we'll have to make that last song up, I think. Uh, <laughs> so draw near with a sincere heart. That means to be right, inwardly, pure in heart and motives. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pin mine down now. That's okay. Matthew uh, 5 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And that's why it's important that we are, uh, we are of pure of heart. Pure of heart. God sees through the fakes. There's no fakes with God. The media may get away with fake news, but you don't get away with anything with God, okay? He sees, he sees everything. And then further in that passage, it says, let us hold unswervingly. That's a big word. Who uses that every day? <laughs> unswervingly. I'll go forth. Uh, okay, let's make it a bit more simple. It means without wavering, to be firm. 
So let us hold firm to the hope that we profess, for he who is promised is faithful. This is now, we are living in a time where you need to make a stand. We're living like a time there's no hiding, no secret Christianity where, you know, like you're a secret agent for God, a 007. No, it's not like that. God never called you to be that. He said, you are my witnesses. You are my witnesses. And right now, people need to hear from you. People need to know to make some sense of this crazy world we're living in, that there is a hope on the other side. So every time we hear the bad news, let's, let's turn to God. Let's not turn to the news. Um, in Habakkuk, Habakkuk 3.17, you know, we can get down in those times and lose sight of God when things are kind of really hectic, crazy, busy. And, uh, and this is one of the reasons why we need to come together. We have hope when we're together. You know, Sharon and I just caught up with Corey and Lisa last night, you know, and we'd been dealing with a lot of issues and stuff like that. And Sharon came home and said, gee, that was so good. I feel uplifted now being with other people. I said, well, aren't I good enough? <laughs> she goes, no, I just need a change. Yeah, he's only going, yeah, right, okay. <laughs> so, okay, we'll go with that. But, um, but in your times of trouble, you know, we need to turn to God. Look at Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. It says, this is, this is a troubling time. It says, you know, though the fig tree shall not blossom and fruit is not on the vines, the labor of the olive fails and the fields Yield no flood, uh, food, sorry, not for flood, food. The flock, I was just thinking of the water out here, sorry. Um, the flock is cut off from the fold and no herd is in the stores. Okay, this is kind of depressing sort of verse, isn't it? Like today I'm going to give you a reading from the Word of God to give you cheer and joy. Though the fig tree may not blossom and fruit is not on the vines. You know, you could take it like that, and I'm sure. But you know what, Habakkuk doesn't leave it there. Because in the next verse... Uh, Habakkuk 3.18 says, Yet I will rejoice in Jehovah. I will joy in the God of my salvation. So you have an option. You, have, you can make a choice where you're going to land up when things hit rock bottom for you. Oh, goodbye. I guess the end of the service for today. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Now I can always make something up. You know me. Uh, <laughs> So the greatest, greatest witness we have is to show the world how we live and how we profess things even through tough times. We are God's ambassadors. We are the light of the world. So we've got to go out there and shine. Matthew 5.14 says, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men and they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Let's not be swayed by the world. Be strong. We are here to change the world, not for the world to change us. Hold on to the promises of God's word, because he is true and faithful, and he will never leave you. Oh, my goodness, I've lost the last page. Okay, <laughs> that's okay. No, there it is. So I want to say to this morning, I can say tonight, what am I saying tonight? I don't know. See, this really throws you out when you think things change. Anyway, this morning, let's learn to go to God for us as our source. Fix our eyes on Jesus. Trust in Him and not in the world. He is faithful. God says what He means and He means what He says. And you need to understand that this morning that God is for you. He's not against you. And he sees all this craziness that's going on, and he's about to act. And I believe we're about to see a revival take place. 
God allows things. God has not caused this. God allows this to happen. But in this time, it's really a time for people to come back to Him. People realize that this is out of my hands. I can't control it. We're all control freaks, I think. You know, sometimes we like to be able to control things. Why we control it, we feel some sort of satisfaction or comfort. And we think, it's all going to be good. Yeah, i got my hands on the steering wheel. I'm, yeah. But suddenly when the steering wheel is yanked out of your life and you can't control anything, you realize that there's only one place to go. And that's to God. Because he, he has the steering wheels of everything. He controls anything. He says the word, let it be and it shall be. And we need to have confidence in that this morning. We need to go to God in those things this morning. So we're going to close this morning, but I just want you to just bow your head this morning and just close your eyes. And, um, you know, we're just going to spend a couple of minutes before him. And I just want to ask you this important question this morning. Where do you stand? Are you drawing closer to God or are you drawing further away from him? And even if you think, well, I haven't drawn closer, but I haven't drawn away, well, you're still not drawing closer. You're not getting any, anything out of that. God wants you daily to commune with Him. Every day you get out of bed, good morning, God, how are you today? And He's always going to be good anyway, um, you know that. But this morning, where do you stand in all that? Is your, is your life full of fear or is it full of faith? Because God, when you get into the things of God, fear drifts away. And all you see is God, and you feel that faith arise. You know there's hope for tomorrow. But here today, you may even be in a place where you know of God, but you're not walking with God. And see, there's a lot of people out there who will experience or know that there is a God, but they've never experienced Him because they've never walked with Him. And this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to walk with Him, start that relationship with Him. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, you've never started that relationship with Him, you have an opportunity right now. It's one prayer away, one prayer, and it will change your life. So if that's you this morning, perhaps you've never given your life to Jesus and you want to this morning, you just feel that tug on your heart, the Holy Spirit just speaking to you, or perhaps you need to come back to God. You're sort of like drifted away. You're not drawing near, but you're running away because you're trying to hide from your sin. Or perhaps you're just not sure. Wherever it is, it doesn't really matter this morning. But what does matter is you make the right choice. And the right choice is God has got his arms open to you. God is calling you this morning. God is saying, here I am. Don't depart from me. I'm here. I love you. I care for you. So this morning, if you want to make a decision to know that you are right with God, you have that opportunity right now. And if you just acknowledge that so I could see that, so I know who I'm praying for, just raise your hand wherever you are and I'll see that hand and I'll just pray for you. Because we need to. We need God. We need God more. This is going to be probably one of the most difficult times of your life experience, what we're going through right now and what we will go through. And if you haven't got that connection with God, you're going to find it very difficult. So if there's anyone that wants to make that this morning, they cry, I need Jesus. I want to renew my, uh, my vows before Him. Or perhaps you've never done that. This may be the first time. Whatever that may be, you have an opportunity right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. And the other thing I'd say this morning is that we all need to be encouraged to encourage one another. That journey of drawing near is with others. It's not just on your own. Don't be, a, uh, I was going to say a Rambo soldier, but probably the younger ones don't know who Rambo is. Um, we are called to soldier on together. We are called to be together. So this morning, I just want to pray for you as I close that God will encourage you this morning. God will bless you abundantly this morning. That you'll walk out. You're not going to say walk out of the building because you're out of the building already. <laughs> you'll walk into this place because <laughs> uh, we're going in there in a minute. Um, a new person filled with confidence, filled with boldness, knowing who your God is and you can call upon him anytime because he says, come boldly before my throne. That, doesn't, that means no matter what you're going through, how hard it is, whatever situation, he's bigger than that situation. You can take it to him. He's going he's gonna to help you through that time. So Father, this morning, as we come to a close, I pray for everybody here, whatever situations they may be going through, whatever difficulties, you are our answer to all things. Father, as we look to you, as we call upon the name of the Lord, you will hear us. You will hear our cry in our time of trouble and our need. And if we pray according to your will, you are just to hear us from heaven, heaven and answer us. So, Father, I pray right now for everyone here that, God, you'll bless them, you'll touch them, give them strength and courage to go through the week day by day until we see you return again or we meet you in the clouds, I should say, in the rapture. Father, we thank you today. We give you all the praise and all the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Awesome. Wow. Let's give God praise.